Yeah, we're just at about over uh, 24 hours since I was told or asked. Not told. He he did he did ask. We'll we'll just say that he did ask. He said, "Hey, would you mind would you mind preaching tomorrow night?" And it's one thing to tell your dad no, but it's a different thing to tell your pastor no. And uh, I couldn't tell my pastor no. Um, if he'd just been my dad, maybe could have said no. But being my pastor, you just you want to do everything you can for him. And uh, so a lot of prayer went into it because I really had nothing and uh but the first thing that popped into my mind when he asked me was psalms 100 and uh psalms 100 has been in you know it's been in my life since i was six years old um mrs mrs harding when we were going to riverview christian school taught us that verse and it seemed like every year around thanksgiving this is what we would say we would we would uh recite this in the thanksgiving program and uh, it's just always stuck with me. But it's also been there through some of my more trying times. It's one of those psalms that I look back and I just, I think back to and I, and I just, I'm, re- I'm reminded of, of the God I serve. So we'll go ahead and read and then we'll open up in a word of prayer. Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the the evening that you've given us to come and worship in your house and Lord, we just thank you for uh this church and 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 uh the family that uh it is lord we pray that you just uh be with us tonight and lord just let your presence be known we ask these things in your name amen so i kind of just want to go through the through the uh chapter here um verse by verse and i uh I broke it down into two groups. There's commandments, and then there's the promises. And we'll start out in verse 1, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, I've always heard this as being, it doesn't matter how good you can sing, just make a joyful noise. And I don't know how many times I've been, I've been down, and you're, you're looking around, and you're, and you're like, I don't know if I, if I can keep going. I don't know if I can if I can get up from this. And then one of the little kids songs that you learned back in Sunday school pops into your brain. And it's Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Or it's he's able. He's able. I know he is able. It's it's any of those songs. It's Daniel. It's or only a boy named David. You know, it's it's uh dare to be a Daniel. You get all these you get all these songs rushing through your head and you just remember what God has done and you just can't help but sing them. Whether it's in your head or whether it's in your vehicle and you're driving down the road and you're thinking about what's going on in your life and you just can't help but sing them. And those are that's what that's what reminds me of making a joyful noise. You know, I want to make a joyful noise to the Lord. 
And the Bible even, even commands us in Psalms 95 and verses 1 and 2. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make joyful noise unto him with psalms. And the word psalms in, in the Webster Dictionary is a sacred hymn or, or a song, obviously. But we see that we want to make a joyful noise, whether, whether you can sing or not, but just make a joyful noise, even if it's through a broken and shaky voice, God still wants to hear it. God still wants to hear what's on your heart and just, and just, and just truly let go of, of, what's, of what's going on in your heart and say, God, I know you did this for Daniel. I know you did this for David, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know you've, do, you've done it for them. I want you to do it for me. So make a joyful noise. Verse 2 starts out, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. The first first line in that verse always gets me. Serve the Lord with gladness. We can serve the Lord. Anybody can serve the Lord. But can you serve the Lord with gladness? You know, in the customer service industry, the biggest one of the things is service with a smile. Why do, why do they say why do they say service with a smile? Because nobody wants to deal with somebody who's a grouch. Nobody wants to be around somebody who has a 24-hour grouch on. They want, they want to look at somebody and they want to see smiling eyes. They want to see, they want to see an, an infectious smile. Serve the Lord with gladness. What, is it, what does it mean to serve? It means to be a servant. And a servant is one that serves others. So when we're truly serving God... When we're truly serving the Lord with gladness, we are serving others. I think the biggest thing in this church and why people love it so much is because this church dies to self and says, you know what? I want to help somebody else. I don't want to just sit on all the things that I've, I've came across in my life. I don't want to just keep them hid away. I want to. I want to see if that'll help somebody else. I want to help somebody else get through get through a tough time that they're dealing. with. That's serving the Lord, and and we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it arrogantly. We don't want to do it. We want to do it prayerfully. You know, I know I've heard I've heard many times. We talk, Wes even mentioned it in his his sermon this morning about how people would always come up to him with Romans eight twenty eight. You know, and it, it's true. A lot of times, you know, you're laying in a hospital bed or, or something just happened to you, and somebody comes up to you and says, Romans 8.28, brother, Romans 8.28. And you're like, cool, still hurts, doesn't help, just like Wes said. And, and, and it comes with, with asking God, God, give me a time. Give me a time. You know, so many times we want to just rush in and we want somebody to just get better. We want you to get better. We want you to be happy. We want you to be back to the way you were before all this happened. It doesn't work like that. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes prayer. Like uh, Miss uh, Miss Summers said, that, that couple that she's been praying for, pray for 
pray for that couple to come to her mom's funeral to get the word. And they didn't come, but she didn't stop praying for them. She kept praying for them, and here they show up at Miss Crosswell. Because you keep praying. I remember a story my, my parents told me of the pastor, when they were youth pastoring up at Steamboat. And that pastor prayed for a man for, was it 20 years? 20 years before he got saved. Would go and visit him, go and talk to him about the Lord, and pray for him for 20 years before he got saved. But he got saved. And that's what it takes. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes time. But we serve the Lord with gladness. And we come before his presence with singing. You know, I love how we open every service. Every service, we open it up with singing. And I always... I, I mean, I guess I didn't ever wonder why, but this verse just reminds me of what, of what it does. It prepares our hearts. It prepares our minds. We sing, we, sing, um, we sing songs like, I believe we sang Great is Thy Faithfulness this morning. You sing songs like that and you remember how faithful God is to you. And it prepares your heart for the message that was preached. Everything works in accordance to something that we we never could have we never could have just lined all that up but God did God did serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing third verse know ye that the Lord he is God it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture now in my bible i don't see a period. I don't see an exclamation point. I don't see a question mark. But you could say that verse 3 starts off as a question. Know ye that the Lord he is God? And my question is, do you know that the Lord is God? We all, we can sit here and we can say, yes, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. Good. But do you know who God is? Do you know who God is to you? Have you studied out who God is to you? I'm going to read off some, some verses. Here. Psalms 84 and verse 11. I'll just kind of flip quick. 84 and verse 11. It says, for the, Lord, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He is our sun and our shield. In times of darkness, he's the brightness. In the times of worry and fear, He's our shield. Psalms 86, 15 says, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious longsuffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Our God is a God full of compassion. When we hurt, he hurts. He's full of compassion. He's the most compassionate person known full of compassion, long-suffering. He stays with us no matter how far we go. He stays, he stays on us. He keeps, he, keeps us he keeps bringing us back. He keeps calling us back. He never just quits. You know, he never just says, you know what? We're just going to have to let him go, do his own thing. He's always there. And yes, he might let you wander off a little ways, give you a little more leash to let you learn that you need to come back. But his long-suffering is great. And then in mercy, he's plenteous in mercy and truth. You know, I, I love, 
I love that word. Plenteous in mercy and truth. God is a God of truth, but he's also a God of mercy. When you do something and, 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 you, and you know it's bad and you know it's sin, and you're like, God, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can take me back from this. I don't know how I could, how I could, how we could rebound from this, God. I just, you know, I keep, I keep, I keep battling it over and over. I keep doing the same thing over and over. And God, you just, won't you just, give, won't you just give up? God never gives up. He's plenteous in mercy. He's plenteous in truth. You know, I heard a, I heard a a pastor say, God didn't die for me on my best day. He died for me on my worst day. And God wants you at your worst day. He wants you at your best day. He doesn't, he, he doesn't want you to be squeaky clean before you come back to him. He wants you as you are. And he takes you where you are and gets you to where you need to be. Psalms 3.3 says, Thou art a shield for me, my glory the lifter up of my head. God is so many things to us. And he says it all in his word. He, he lines it up for us. And he, it's just, it's like, it's like lining up a tee shot at a golf course. It's sitting there waiting for you. He said, this is, this is it. This is all you need to succeed. This is all you need to know in order to be successful. This is all you need to know in order to have a successful Christian walk. This is all you need to know in, in your times of trial, in your times of struggle. He sets it up right on a tee and says, here you go. Now, you're, you got to swing. It's up to you now. Psalms 9.9, he is a refuge in times of trouble. He's our fortress. You know, there's a little, there's a song that I still have not gotten all the words for the little kids. But it starts out, he's my rock, my sword, and my shield. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. And then it goes on, he's a hub in the middle of the wheel. He keeps things going round. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright morning star. Just a reminder. Now we're going to go, we're going to keep continue on there in um, verse number three. It is he... That hath made us. That verse, you know, it is He. It's not. It's not something that's mass, mass produced. It's not something that's done by an overseer. It is He. God hath made us. In Genesis one twenty seven, it talks about how God formed Adam and breathed life into him. In Genesis two seven, it, it takes it more in depth and how. God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and formed him in his image. That's what God did. That's what God does to us. I mean, yeah, he doesn't just, you know, put us together with, with dust and, and mud like he did with Adam, but he forms us in our mother's womb. He forms us and he has, he has a plan for us before we are ever you know, before we ever taste oxygen, he has a, he has that plan for us. It is he. You know, Ephesians two sit two ten says we are his workmanship. Our when we are born, 
our work starts. God starts work in our lives. You know, I think you, you think of the verse in Isaiah. Let me. I didn't write it down. But you think of the verse that we we are the clay and He is the potter. But when you start when you start as a child when you're birthed, you're just that clump of raw clay. And as you go through as you go through your childhood, you're starting to get formed. Things happen. You know, teachers start teaching you about about God, and you know, like how you know. I'm, I'm grateful when my kindergarten, first, second, third, first and second, kindergarten, first and second, I think when I was in third grade, we went home school. So kindergarten, first and second, I had two godly teachers. And we were at a Christian school, and, and everything, everything that, that was done in, in the class you know, everything always came back to something spiritual. There was always a spiritual aspect to every class that came there. And so I grew up grew up with that. And God was forming me even back then. You know, as, as, as you can tell, Psalms 100, which comes from my days in kindergarten. You know, God was forming me. You know, and sometimes you're getting formed and there, there's, there's a niche. You know, and God fills it back in, you know, and keeps... Keeps working. He keeps working. We are His workmanship. God's hand is ever present on our lives. You know, God doesn't just leave us alone, and and we're gonna see that in a, in the next part of the verse, because it says we are His. It is He that has made us. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. And the next the next point I want to make is we are sheep. And I'm sorry if there's any sheep lovers out here, but sheep are not smart. Okay? Just not. I, I can't. I, I just can't. I can't do sheep. I had somebody ask me to babysit some sheep. Some, some sheep one time. And uh, there were four sheep when I started. There were two sheep when I left. Not good. Not good. And I did all I was told. But sheep are just not smart and they just can't they can't handle it and that's why that's why we think of when 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 uh you go throughout the bible and it talks about the good shepherd or the shepherd you know the shepherd and his sheep why because we are sheep we constantly need that shepherd we need that presence in our life that tells us hey you're not doing this right hey get over here don't get too close to that cliff Hey, get out of those horns or you're going to get caught. Okay? We need that shepherd. We need that, that, that presence that tells us, hey, come here. And I think of Psalm 23. And I, I think about how great God is as our shepherd. You know, you go over to Psalm 23. He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth us, us beside the still waters. God wants what's best for us. And there are times where you're thinking, God, this can't be the best for me. God, there's no way this is best for me. There is no way this is my green pasture. There is no way this is my still water. But God's just like, follow me. You know, I, I, I can imagine 
back in the days back in Israel, or even 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 here when when the when the pilgrims came out and they they got to the mountains and you know I'm sure some of them had sheep. I don't know why they would have sheep, but they probably had them. Probably because they were cheap. So anyway, the pilgrims are out here, and I could just imagine them getting up into the mountains and they're herding their sheep around. You know and. And sometimes up in the mountains, you've got to go by a raging river. Sometimes up in the mountains, it's not the greenest of pastures. Sometimes it's probably not even a pasture. But you're being led. You're being led through that. And if you continue to follow your shepherd, he will lead you to that greener pasture. He will lead you to that stiller water. There's always rough times before you can get to the good times, it seems like. I don't know why it's like that. But it's not for me to question. It's not for us to question. It's for us to trust. And just trust that God has a plan. He is the good shepherd. He cares, he provides, and he protects. He provides in our time of need. He provides in our time of sorrow. In verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Give thanks. I, I can't, you know... We always said this at Thanksgiving, and but this verse is true the whole year. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I think of of when when we pray. When we pray and we come and we come and we and we make our petitions to God and, and we how how are our petitions being made? How are we praying to God? Do we just pray to God about our problems, our issues? Or do we pray to God and thank Him for the day that He's given us? For the sunshine? Do we thank Him for molding us into the person we are now? Are we thankful? Are we entering to His gates with thanksgiving? Are we entering into His courts with praise? Are we praising God for who He is? Are we praising Him? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it commands us, in everything give thanks. Colossians 3.15, be ye thankful. I just think of, of the commands that he's given us. The commands that he's given us throughout this whole verse. Make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. We are his people. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Those are the commands. And now the promise. The promise is found in verse 5. For the Lord is good. I heard somebody say it during testimony. The Lord is good. And he is. He's always good. You know, back in college, and I'm sure Shane and Kareth have probably heard it, you know, everybody would always say God is good, and the next person would say, all the time. And sometimes it's hard, it's hard to say all the time. Because sometimes it doesn't feel like he's being so good. Sometimes you, you're questioning, is God really good? But he is. Because he's molding us. He's molding us. He wants us to be, he wants us to be that beautiful clay vase at the end that gets that gets dried in the furnace. He wants us to have that 
that structure. He wants us to have that, that workmanship look. Yeah, it might be a little rough, but it made it. You know, I think of, I think of, I, w- I spent some time with April's dad, and he, he, he woodworks and stuff, but he likes to go out and cut a tree down and then make a board. And he was telling me, he said, sometimes you can get these boards, but they'll twist. And, the, and they'll twist and they'll warp. But he's like, it's an expensive board, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw it away. So I got to try to figure out how to straighten it. So he puts it in a, he puts it in a, in some clamps, and he, he straightens it down, and then he planes it, and then he sands it, and he keeps working, he keeps working, and he keeps, he keeps sanding away, he keeps straightening it, and one day that board is straight, and one day that board becomes a beautiful bench or a little shelf but it's because he didn't quit like God doesn't quit on us the Lord is good Lamentations 325 the Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him you know Wes said Wes said this this morning too he said you know if you're in a friendship where it's you're always doing what the other person wants to do, you know, and they're always being selfish, but you're just following along. That's a terrible friendship. Well, my question is, how many times are we being a terrible friend to God? How many times are we being selfish with our time with God? Are we ever giving back to God? Are we ever doing our part to get close to God? Are we seeking God? Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him, that trust him. The Lord is good and a stronghold in the day of trouble. He's there for you in your day of trouble. He doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6 tells us that. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. He's always there. But guess what? He can't be there. I mean, he's there, but he can't help you unless you ask. You know, my mom said it once. God's a gentleman. He doesn't He doesn't force himself. You have to ask. You have to ask. And then we'll finish out here. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I, I read that last part. And his truth endureth to all generations. And I think of his word. And I think of the countless truths that are in God's word. Truths that we can take from and that we can apply to our daily lives. And it reminds me of Isaiah 40 and verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. God's word stands forever. It's here forever. And I just... I just am thankful that God has given us this word that when we're in that time of trial, we're in that time of trouble, we're struggling, we're struggling with whether it's depression, whether it's, you know, something at work, whether it's, who knows what it is. But God is here, and he has has a promise. He has a promise for you in his word, but you got to find it. 
It's not, you know, it's not like you can just come come to God and say, okay, God, I'm struggling with the depression. God, that didn't help. You do it again? It doesn't work like that. It takes time. It takes patience. It's just like that potter. If that potter isn't patient, that vase isn't going to come out looking like an $80 vase. It might come out looking like an $8 vase, but you got to be patient. you got to be willing to spend time on it. you got to be willing to just go with the flow. And sometimes you don't get you don't get your help right away. Sometimes it doesn't just happen overnight. Sometimes it might take days, it might take weeks, years. But it's going to happen. You keep praying for it, you keep asking God, you keep seeking his face. It's going to happen. It will happen. And I just want to take I want to take this this passage of scripture and how it's helped me but it's just remember God's promises remember the promises that he's given us remember his commands remember who he is and what he has done for you and for others behind you you know because the same God that saved David from the lion and the bear and the giant is the same God that we serve today. The same God that saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire is the same God that we serve today. He is the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I just want to take another another minute to just say, be thankful. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. He's worthy of our and I just, you know, in, in, in a time like this, as a church family, as Pastor said before I got up here, it's heavy. It's heavy. And it's hard to be thankful. It's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But be thankful that he's working. Because he's working on us. Brother, Brother Todd, Mr. Simon, he always signs his cards. Jeremiah 29 11 and that verse says for I know the thoughts that I think towards you oh I'm going to mess it up there I go I was trying to memorize it but I didn't do it okay for I know the thoughts that I think towards you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end God knows our end God is, God is our potter, and he knows what the finished product is already. But he's waiting on us to let him mold us, to let him use us the way that he wants us to be used. So be thankful. Be thankful that he is using you. He's using me. I tell, I tell the kids sometimes in our class, you have to make it personal. You have to make God's word personal. You know, so you can take these verses and you can take and put your name in that verse. You can take your name and put it your in Colossians 3.15. Tyler, be thankful. 
1 Thessalonians 5.18. And everything Tyler gives thanks. We need to make God's word personal. Tyler, we need to make it ours. You can't just, you know, I had a, I had a guy when I was in college counsel me and he said, you've got to make, you've got to make this yours. It can't be your dad's. It can't be your mom's. It can't even be your pastor's. It's got to be yours. And once we, once we believe God's word was written for us, those promises in God's word was written for us, we'll believe it then. We'll believe it when it's personal. But my challenge this week is to just be thankful. You know, be thankful and, pr- and praise God for what, what he is doing, what he's doing in our lives and what he's doing in this church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the night. Pray that you just uh, bless the night, keep us safe as we go our separate ways. And I pray that you just uh, help us this week to just uh, remember what you've done for us. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.